Hi everyone, it's so good to be back. My name is Gustavo. I'm Jake Landry. And it's been a exhausting in a good way uh last few days. I've been watching football nonstop. How are you feeling, Jake? Well, at this moment, I'm I'm pretty sad because, you know, obviously it's been a while, so there's so much that we had to say before the World Cup that we didn't get to say, but now we're just coming in right in the middle of it. And right now, I'm bummed about Canada. So I don't know if we want to just jump in on Canada, but if I'm, here I go. Canada had never scored a World Cup goal coming into this World Cup. They had only been to the World Cup once before, and I learned through the commentary by Fox, which has been very good, which I want to touch on later as well, that they were beaten terribly by all European teams. And actually, since then, they've changed the rules so you actually play a more diverse uh, in terms of continents in your group. So anyway, Canada had come in only once, got completely beaten. That was in the 50s. They came in, dude. Canada against Belgium was electric. Like if you watch that game, Canada was all over Belgium. And somehow Belgium stole that game from Canada. And now they lost to Croatia 4-1 to after scoring first. Davies scores the Canadian goal that they should have had in the in their first game that Canada has waited for in terms of soccer, their entire existence as a country in soccer, and then they lose the game 4-1 to one to Croatia. And I am totally crushed, dude. Like, there's two teams out officially. Canada is the second one. And I my heart is just out for the nation of Canada because it has been a rough World Cup for them, and I feel awful for them. So that's, that's where I'm yeah. at coming in. It's been a rough World Cup for CONCACAF in, in general. Mexico just lost their first game. They have, they have still yet to win a game in Qatar. And the United States has two ties, which, you know, we don't even... I don't know if we're going to even have time to speak about all of these things. But speaking of Canada, I, I really feel sad for them because, first, they played really, really well football. I don't know if you saw the last game against Belgium, but they play incredible football. They were constantly running, giving it all. And this is when you realize that football is not always for the one who gives it all, right? And that's the unfortunate thing about football sometimes is that you can have amazing games and yet you lose in, in two games, you're completely out of the competition. So it's crushing. The World Cup is amazing. I love every four years we get to enjoy it. But at the same time, it just breaks my heart every single time. There's always a team I'm supporting that goes out in the in the group stages. And Canada was one of those teams. So I'm really sad for Alfonso, Alfonso Davies but, and the, the rest of the team. But they did a great World Cup and unfortunately didn't win a game. But... I think they represented their country the best way possible. And so they might win Drake their last game, even though it's meaningless. They could win their last game um, against right. Morocco. But I got to say, you you said something, and it's so true. They work so hard, and they are such an electric team. And I have to say, this World Cup has had some really great teams and high-flying games. Saudi Arabia has been running up and down the field like crazy. I think Ecuador has a really young team. They've been moving really quickly in their games. Even Japan, when they fought back against Germany in that second half. So there's just been quite a lot of amazing matchups and amazing soccer. You know, coming into this tournament, obviously, we had, you know, all of us were talking about the human rights things and all these things going in. And I was nervous that it was just going to be a big disaster. And I will say that 
all that stuff is still important and still should be talked about. But also it's been great that we've been able to get a great product and that the World Cup, to me, it's the best sporting event. And especially for soccer, I mean, the product, I feel like with pretty much every game and I've seen pretty much every one has been good. The product's been good. And, you know, Croatia is a good example of I thought they looked like crap in their first game, but then their second game, they look great. So it's just great to see, for me, a tournament that, you know, we came in and this is how soccer is, right? Like you have your the ones who are, oh, well, obviously Brazil, you know, Argentina, but Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Like there's been some great drama here. And I really feel like it's a very open tournament. Like I wouldn't be shocked if a team like Ecuador got to the semis. Like I wouldn't that at this point, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I would not be surprised either. I saw Morocco play against uh, Belgium today and just to see their fight was really awesome. Um, I came into this World Cup thinking that we were going to have the big names primarily win the games, but we've seen it starting with Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia and then Japan beating Germany and Morocco beating Belgium, even Canada giving a fight to these teams that are supposed to be crushing them. Um, unfortunately, the U.S. has not been able to win a game just yet, but mm. we have looked okay. We have looked good, I think. Well, let's talk and about the U.S. Give, what do yeah. you think? I mean, okay, let's talk about Wales. Let, let's get it out there. Wales was soul-crushing. But, again, we looked great. Walker Zimmerman giving a penalty in the most unnecessary way because I don't think they were going to even score if the player um, had the ball. And so he gave it away. Unfortunately for all of our Nashville fans, I'm in Nashville, so that, that was so crushing. Walker Zimmerman, uh, he plays for Nashville SC in the MLS. And, yeah, really silly penalty. Should have never been given. But, unfortunately, you know, in the heat of the moment, trying to defend the ball, you go with everything you have. And that what that's what happens when you play with so much passion. You give it all, and you make mistakes like this. And now with VAR, which we can touch a little bit on that, I think it's almost impossible to get away with a penalty. You, If you commit a penalty, they're going to look at it, they're going to review it, and it's going to be given. So... In a way, it's making football better, I think, uh, because it's a small, it's the fair kind of football, and I don't know. So the U.S. has looked good to me. We should have won against Wales. We did not. Football is about winning, not should have. And then let um, me ask you. Well, let me England, let me ask you before England, but let me ask you specifically. Did you feel like so? Obviously, they drew to Wales and they drew to England. And my question is, because some of the commentary afterwards was obviously divided and terms of whether it was sort of England lacking or the U.S. being dominant. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, but I'm curious what you think. What Do you think who was more responsible? Was it England not really showing up fully or was it the U.S. really taking it to them and just not letting them show up? Well, according to the stats here, 56% of possession England had against the U.S., but we did... Um, had 10 shots instead instead of England having just eight. And so I would say that England really saw the better side of the U.S. and we put up a great fight against them. For them to not score a goal was uh, really un-English, to be honest with you, especially <laughs> with this team. Yeah. And because, you know, also they had scored so many goals against Iran, so I was expecting them to score a goal. Good for us. 
And uh, but I, I do have to say that we put up a good fight. We had seven corners, for example. England only had three, and it just speaks about you know the the fights that we did, um, that we that we brought. And so yeah, absolutely. I think I'm very pleased with how we play against England. I would not complain too much about that. Now Wales should have been an easier game, but I think we can take it home uh, by beating Iran on Tuesday, I believe. And it shouldn't be a compl as complicated of a match as Wales or England, but <laughs> it's the Qatar World Cup. <laughs> Everything can happen. Yeah, and I felt like Iran when you I mean I the unfortunately the Iran Wales game was one that I didn't really get to watch live as much as in highlights because that was one of the five AM games. I think it was like the day after yeah. Thanksgiving or the day of Thanksgiving. Um but so you know, for me, no, that was so it was Black Friday. The my feeling is Iran and these other Middle Eastern teams have something kind of dangerous, which is that they're at home in a way. They have a home energy, a and it feels like a lot of these teams have shown it where they have this extra spark, like Saudi Arabia again, like just the way the only team that seemed to not have the home advantage is Qatar. Like they never really seemed all that super energized to really make things happen. But I feel like the other Middle Eastern teams have just looked really great. It's been and I think it's made it more interesting and, and exciting that, you know, a team like Saudi Arabia, which. I'm pretty sure the U.S. had a nil nil draw with them a couple months ago and we were very down. I was very down on them because of that. But then you know, for them to, I mean, just to play Argentina and to be able to going into halftime down one nil, be able to bounce back and, you know, win that game that, that, that's amazing. So anyway, long story short, I, I think Iran is going to be a tougher task because the problem with the U S right now is that we're having issues finding the back of the net consistently and this brings up the whole controversy of Giovanni Reina. Do you know what's going on with this? What the latest with this is? Um, no. Can you explain to us? So, because I, I only know that he hasn't been playing as much and he looked rough when he came in. Well, right. And and we we were all over him about it. Here's here's what, what I'm gathering is the timeline. So Greg Berhalter comes out before the first game with Wales. And he's and I think he didn't play. And then after he said he had a hamstring injury, so it was due to injury that he didn't play. Then we go into the England game, and it kind of felt like Reina was going to be playing. Like I remember, you know, there was some talk. Like it felt like okay, maybe Reina's going to start for against England. I don't think anyone at first was super shocked that the starting lineup was what it was. I mean, their starting eleven was fantastic, but then. When he finally came in, I agree with you. He seemed slow, wasn't really doing much. But what's come out today is that someone basically said that Berhalter lied about the hamstring injury, that that was never the case, and that this is maybe causing some issues within the camp because the players want – this is, you know, allegedly according to a reporter, I think it was through ESPN it was reported, they the players want Reyna to play. And – Burhalter, from what we saw in the England game, for good reason, doesn't want him on the field because, to me, again, I think Tyler Adams is the captain of that team and has so much energy and sets the tone. And so 
for me, that team is flying. And we can't have a player like, I guess like Harry Kane, almost like someone who isn't like fast and quick and jumping on you. Like, right, that's like the U.S. is that Leeds identity of intensity. And I felt when Reina came in, he didn't have that. And so I'm wondering if Burhalter seeing that in practice and like, dude, you, you're going to slow us down. You know, you're going to lead to a turnover and lead to a goal because the margin is that slim. But now with Iran, I wonder I wonder if Reina will be utilized because, A, there's public pressure, and, B, you need to score a goal. Like, the defensive side against Iran is, I mean, obviously you need to defend, but at the same time, if you don't score a goal, you're not advancing in the World Cup no matter what happens if you don't score two goals, but definitely one, you know? And unfortunately for Reina, he had a... Last last season was rough with injuries and non-consistency when it comes to playing. And I, I think it did affect it the way that this World Cup has pen out for him. And it's interesting because if you see what Mexican coach uh, is doing, Tata Martino, he is choosing to play Hernandez, for example, for example, who is playing in the MLS. He's, he's actually in the bench the most the majority of the games last season here at the MLS. And Hector Herrera it, it started against Argentina yesterday. So that's it's the opposite of what uh, our coach is doing here with the U.S. I, I don't think Hector Herrera deserved to start because he was not playing with his club. And he, you're not going to just bring a player and they're going to change the game if they have not been playing. It's just simple. It's athleticism, right? And so I say the same thing for Andres Guardado with Mexico. I noticed yesterday with the Argentinian game that Andres Guardado simply looks really rough. Why? He has not been playing with Betis uh, as much as he had uh, in the past seasons. And he's an older guy. So it's it doesn't matter if he has the iconic Mexican captain image. You're still going to have a hard time. So I wonder if Reina has the same thing. Um, and again, there, there are things that we don't see that happens in the dressing room. And so I would trust what the coach is doing. Reina is a young player. I know we all want to see him play. But at this moment, I've loved what I've seen from the U.S. so far. In spite of not winning against England, I think we've put up a great fight. And maybe Reina could change it up a little bit. And something I was hearing from the Spanish TV, they, they kept saying how after the group stage, this World Cup becomes a different competition. And it's true. You might see teams struggling right now, like, you know, even even Germany. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll make it out of the group stage. But if you if you have a Germany versus Argentina in the semifinals, you're not gonna expect Germany to be bad because they're Germany. And so I think that judging teams in the group stage, it's not as reliable in the World Cup. Now in the Champions League, maybe, but in a World Cup, I feel like emotions are so high, and so. All of that to say, maybe Reina will get a chance if we make it to the next stage. But I don't know. Do you think we're going to make it? That's, I guess that's my main question to you. I, I, I Honestly, I don't know if I can say with confidence that we can beat Iran. I'm really nervous about our scoring because I think that, you know, that that Wales draw, I really think is, is going to be the thing that holds us down. Because if that was a win... We're sitting on four points right now, and we're probably not, you know, all we need to do is not lose to Iran. But I think I think pressure in soccer 
can be really difficult when you struggle scoring. And when you have to score, I think it can make it even more difficult. But I hope they can break through. I mean, from Iran's perspective, they're not out of it either. And they need to win. Right. So, you know, for them, that might open the game up and help the U.S. to find some opportunities. I want to be optimistic and say we're going to beat Iran 1-0. And Iran, I know they won against Wells, but it was a, Wells, but it was a really controversial game. Um, and I might think that it was just a fluke. I mean, in football. I think it know, was the only it, red card in the World Cup so far, right, now that right. I think about it. Right. And in football, anything can happen. So as long as we keep our heads cool and as long as we keep uh, doing what we've been doing in the, in, in the last two games, meaning really good at defense, Right. And then because the only goal that we have conceded was a penalty, um, as far as I remember. Yes. And so no, you're right, that, you're right. I think I think that plays a big part. Turner looks really secure in his goalkeeping. I think our defense looked a lot better. And let's not even talk about Tyler Adams. because right. I absolutely love that guy. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. But let <laughs> yeah. me say this. Now that you said yep. you, you, you put out the score, uh, if the U.S. is going to win. I think it actually needs to be two to one because I think Iran is going to get a goal in this game. I think it, like that's the thing yeah. is I don't think you're going to be able to keep them out. I really don't. Right. And this is something I love about this World Cup is that we're heading towards the third game in the group stages and most of the groups are going to be fighting for it. Even Spain, I just saw them tied with Germany and I thought that they would win this game, but... Even Germany, they have not won. Germany should have won that game the way it went down. Absolutely. And Spanish players starting to get nervous when they were passing the ball. I don't know if you noticed the defenders kept doing some silly passes for no reason. I feel like the coach has told them. This reminds me a lot of Barcelona, obviously. I feel like the coach has told them to play it from the back no matter what. And they're going to die. If they're going to get eliminated, they're going to get eliminated and die trying their tiki-taka style football, which I respect. But I'm telling you, the Spanish press, they respect it as far as much as long as you win games. But if you're not winning matches, they start questioning Luis, Luis Enrique. And so Germany. Exactly. No, Germany, exactly. And that's the thing is, it's like in the last four minutes when your team is scared, clear the ball. It's OK. Right. Clear the ball. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I would I would be the player who doesn't follow instructions and just kick it to whatever the moon, you know. And so but I think. Spain, I think Germany under pressure really outshines any other team. And you could see with the young young kid, number 14, wasn't it? Mus- oh, Mus- Musiala. Mus- yeah. Musiala is like, yeah. I can predict that he's going to be one of the best uh, soccer players in, in the next few years. He is a fantastic player. Where does he play? Is he a Bayern I Munich? Ju- I was just going to ask you that. I think he, he might is be a Bayern Munich, Munich already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he might be there for a while, but I can see any big team coming uh, to knock on the doors of Bayern Munich and, well, and request me, for a transfer. Just, yeah, no, but let me just say about him, like, you know, and hopefully you got to see, as in you, the people, got to see Spanish and or Spain and Germany uh, play a 1-1 draw today. It was really a great game. Spain went up 1-0, and uh, yeah. Germany really had to fight back. There were some great subs. Sané came in, and Sané looked really good. He actually was down for a little bit, and I thought he was hurt, but then he ended up really helping for the the goal to be scored that that gave them the equalizer, but then also he had a breakaway right at the end of the game that he, he probably should have finished. But for Musiala, I thought even though he was electric and amazing, you could definitely see that he 
needs to learn to use his peers a little bit more because it felt like when things weren't going well for Germany, he wanted to take it on himself. And the goal right, that right. actually got scored, right, was kind of taken from him after he had not passed the ball in an earlier breakaway that they had. So, yeah, I definitely think it will be interesting to see because this Germany team, like you said, now that they're under the pressure, we're seeing that they actually are, are pretty good and they, they can, you know, make a splash. But they got some growing to do quickly if they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, if Germany, I think Germany has been making it to the semifinals, not counting Russia 2018, but they have been making it to the semifinals since 2006. So it's been a killer team, and I'm really surprised to see them struggle this way, but I think they're going to beat Costa Rica. I believe Japan is playing Spain. We can beat Japan. And my prediction for this group is that Spain is going to be number one and Germany number two. Um, and so we'll see what happens. The, the thing with Germany is if they make it to the quarterfinals or a semifinal, you're not, you know they're going to give you a, a really good fight. Um, and it's a really tough team. But I think this World Cup is going to be a World Cup of surprises. I'm not saying that a new team is going to win it. I think the World Cup is going to be won by a team that has already won the World Cup. So Brazil, Argentina, Germany, uh, it could be France, obviously. I uh, think it would be cool if we be... had a different team. That's right. what I'm it, rooting it would for be... at this point. Now, to ask you, I guess that that can lead us to the next question that we had in the notes here, but what has been your favorite team so far uh, during this World Cup? Oh, yeah. No, that's I totally forgot that I put that question in the chain. I Honestly, I was really a big fan of Canada. Like, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, Ecuador, <laughs> Ecuador's been great. But no, I really, when I watched Canada play Belgium, I was really excited for them. And I was excited to see what kind of splash they, they'll make. But I'll be honest, for me, what happened to me was this, like, energy and passion for the U.S. with the right. Wales game. Like, I found myself like, whoa, I'm actually really invested in this and in them. And so I have to say, for me... That, that's where I'm at right now. I really think the U.S. can get out of the group. I think, like, I know I, I specifically talking about Iran, like, you know, I know I, it, it's it's a, it's going to be a lot for them to do it. I think they can. But if if they can, I do wonder if they can have the energy and recover and be able to bring it every game like they have been bringing it. Yeah, I don't see why the U.S. can't. Do something stupid, to be honest. Like, right, right. I, I could see it. So I'm not, they're not going to win the thing, but I don't know. Uh, that, I'm kind of getting fanboy a little bit. Like, I, yeah. I could, you know. So that's where I'm most excited about right now. But I want to ask you about that. Well, what's your favorite team? And then I, I have some other things for you. I think Spain has become my favorite team. I thought Argentina was going to be my favorite th team, but Argentina is. Argentina is not going to go far. I'm sorry to say it. As much as it hurts me, uh, the Paul look just incredibly rough playing football. And the the rest of the Argentinian players, it just felt like they were grasping for a breath in every play. And I get it. You want that. But it reminds me of Atletico Madrid a lot. It's very similar style where they are always, you know, playing with so much risk, and they end up losing really important games. If it wasn't for Messi, the Mexican game would have been different, I think. But I think for now, my new favorite team is Spain. Just simply, 
I might be biased, by the way, because they, they have so many Barcelona players. I mean, that really is what it is. I absolutely love this style. I mean, they are, obviously, when it goes right, because when it goes wrong, it's really annoying. But to see the tiki-taka, I mean, more than a thousand passes, I think, in their game against Costa Rica. And it's not only the goals, but they seem to be a collective, uh, a team of collective. You know, obviously, everyone is, but not everyone can connect the way that Spain does. And if only they had, a, you know, David Villa kind of striker. Unfortunately, they don't have a number nine, a natural number nine. Morata, Ferran Torres, you know, those are not reliable. Even Asensio, those are not reliable strikers. The only thing Spain is missing, in my opinion, is a really good striker. I don't know why Ansu Fati hasn't played. I don't know if he got injured, but he has not come, come on, uh, at least today. And so, yeah, Spain is... Becoming but my Nico Williams team. came on. That was pretty cool to see Nico Williams. That was really there. cool. Yeah, he didn't really, really get cool to do to anything. And so I and I was actually right. thinking when I saw him come on, Germany was still right. down. I'm like, I want Germany to score here, but I don't want it to affect Nico Williams' trajectory. So I hope he isn't involved if they do. Um, right. But all right. No, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm very excited to see how far they can make it. The only team I see stopping Spain is maybe France. I I wouldn't even say Brazil because, well, they lost Neymar for now. And Brazil, under pressure, I feel like it's not always the team, at least historically speaking, the last few World Cups. When they come under pressure, they haven't been that really well. And I saw them kind of struggle against Serbia, to be honest with you. So I don't know. Brazil is not looking to me that as strong as I thought they would be looking. And um, so it's good. I think I remember making predictions for this World Cup and a lot of those predictions have completely changed for me, at least. I don't know. All right. This is great. I'm so glad you just used the word predictions because I'm going to give you a bunch of matchups that are coming up this week. Big matchups. And I want you to give me your prediction. Okay. And these are in, in order of like how they're appearing this week. So the first big match this week is Ecuador versus Senegal. Ooh man, that's a tough one. What's your what's but your pick there? I think it's gonna be a tie. You think two, it's gonna two. be a tie? Yeah, can it be a tie? It can be a tie, right? No, no, yeah, of course. I'm just thinking for the group. If it's a tie, Ecuador advances. So for Senegal, they can't they can't right. have a tie. So interesting. I think All Ecuador right. is gonna play. It's gonna play to tie. I'm telling you. But we'll right. see. Tie. I like it. All right, we already talked about it. But U.S. Iran. You have Iran. Or sorry, you, the U.S. winning that game. And then actually, this is a game of consequence, too. What about England and Wales? I think that's going to be tougher than you think because Wales, historically speaking, has always given England a really, really hard time, just like uh, Ireland or Scotland. Anytime any of the Great Britain teams play For against sure. England, it's always a bloody match. So, But I, I still think that England's going to win it. It's going to be a controversial match, maybe a penalty Something crazy happening, but England's gonna take it. Um, if they don't win it, do they get eliminated? By the way, it depends on what happens. Wales the US, or England? England. If they lose this match, I'm pretty sure. Even if they lose, well, I think what would happen is, well, if the U.S. we shouldn't do this live, but I think if the U.S. wins, because it depends on what happens with U.S. and Iran. So if U.S. wins and England loses, they might be in trouble. But we'd have to look into that. But instead, right. Instead, Poland-Argentina, Gustavo. Man, man. That's a huge game. Massive game. I know it's easy. 
it's easy to say that Argentina can take this one home, but I think it's a lot harder than most people will say. But I think because Argentina being inspired by the last game, I see them winning this match as well. Um, I think Argentina is going to win it 2-0, 3-1, 2-3, something like that. Wow. What about Saudi Arabia and Mexico? Because that actually is going to be of consequence too. Yeah, I think Mexico is definitely taking this one home. Um, but that's just that's just a really vague prediction. What about you? What I kind of like Saudi Arabia in that game. I just feel like Mexico's been so nothing that I just... I haven't seen enough of Saudi Arabia to really know the team well. But again, right. like given what's at stake, they beat Argentina... Um, yeah, I mean, I and I they think, might be they might be inspired to that's because I think I, if yeah. they if they win it, they might have a chance to qualify. Um, so if Poland loses to Argentina and Saudi Arabia beats, if Mexico, Saudi Arabia wins, they have six points. They're definitely going right, forward with that, so right? For so sure. that'll yeah. be a tough one. And I would say the same. I want to know what you think about the England versus Wales game. Do you, what's your prediction with that one? I know. I kind of agree with you. Like, I, it's hard to see England losing. But at the same time, I'll, say, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you this. I think his name is Kiefer Moore. Um, right. The, the big guy for Wales. And he right. actually came in at the second half uh, for the against the U.S. And, you know, was part of why they were a little bit more successful. That is Wales offensively. And then, um, well, I guess I don't really know what he did in the Iran game because I didn't watch it. But he scored a couple goals against Tottenham. I don't know if you'll remember. A game that Tottenham won because, remember, they're the comeback kids. But anyway, so I I don't know. I I could see Wales getting one early and it becoming one of those games where you're watching England chase the whole time. And it's a question of whether they can pull it off. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always try to pick a winner, but I could see that being a draw. Like, I, if Wales scores first, I think it'll be a draw. But if Eng, you know, if England is able to score first, I think they'll be able to hold off Wales. But if Wales can get one, I think that'll be a good game, one of those chasing games. All right, what do you think about? I mean, I I don't know if this really is a big game or not, but Denmark versus Australia, and Denmark hasn't looked good. At all. Like, I mean, we haven't really ever talked on this podcast too much about Denmark, right. but obviously the Euros a couple of years ago, two years ago, when Ericsson, Christian Eriksson, you know, basically yeah. almost yeah. passed away and everything. Like, they've been a really exciting team. They had that Euros was really exciting. I feel like this World Cup hasn't been a, that inspiring for them. I mean, I guess they held out for a while against France, but I don't know. Right, right. I see them winning against Australia, though, just simply because I saw them play against friends, and I know they lost. But they lost because of the magic of Mbappe. Um, and it was two plays where Mbappe just showed his brilliance. I don't think Australia is going to win this one. I think Denmark looked really well in spite of losing. Uh, and it's actually one of my favorite new teams, to be honest with you. Denmark, yeah. They just pl- yeah, they just play so, such good football, and it's very attacking-style football. I, I really like the way that they play, to be honest with you. And I know they probably won't make it that far in this competition, but I, I it's, it's my new, probably my new European team um, as far as, you know, World Cup competitions go or even the Euros. So, you know, what, another one that is kind of interesting is Belgium and Croatia because now in that group, Croatia is at the top with four points. 
Belgium has three. Morocco has four points, and Morocco's going to play Canada, who's eliminated. Right. So, right. but that, does Canada want to get three points? You know, obviously, they're still going to be motivated to, you know, so far, the right. nation of Canada has only ever scored one goal in the World Cup. You would think they're wanting to do more, but I don't know. I mean, that group's going to be very interesting. Yeah, Morocco has a lot more to win, uh, and so I think they're gonna go for the you know they're they're gonna go for the kill. But I think um, Canada are gonna give them a fight just to leave the World Cup <laughs> with honor. Um, but so far, I mean, this World Cup has it been what you expected? I mean, it's been different than you thought. Well, let's see. So if we're going, if we were going right now with the groups, like as they are in group A, we'd have the Netherlands and Ecuador advancing. So Senegal below Ecuador. I would say that was a surprise. As of right now in group B, which is where the U.S. is, again, if it ended right now, it would be England and Iran. That I find surprise. I am surprised <laughs> with, with how well Iran did. Poland, Argentina on top of their group. That's not surprising. Again, France, France, Australia, and then Denmark, you know, in, in that third spot trying to get close. And then I, Group E is really one that's been surprising. This is the Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, and, and Germany group. They all have three points. Well, as that's of right what now. would no, that's Sorry, what, except Germany. That, that's what would have happened today had Germany won. But Spain has four. Oh, Japan yeah, and yeah. Costa Rica have three, and Germany has one. But Japan's going to play Spain. Let me ask you a question. Well, based on everything you've said on this podcast, I think we all know the answer. Does Japan's... <laughs> I, w I will say this, because we kind of... I was thinking this and I didn't get to say it earlier. I'm shocked that Japan lost to Costa Rica today after what they I'm did very against shocked. Germany. Like, that's... that. Come on, guys. Come on. That was weird. I woke up at four in the morning to, to watch that game, fell asleep through the whole entire match, and then woke up when you know after the game was over I googled it it was 1-0 I was like what the hell like what happened here because Japan looked amazing and so don't write them off yet they are a great team against um, your, your Spain. Spanish side that you love so much right Spain Spain is gonna have to score more goals if they want to pass this one what happened against if I was judging what happened against Germany today with Spain I would say don't Miss opportunities and Morata missed an opportunity. Sorry, not Morata. Um, Asensio missed a really clear opportunity, and then Ferran Torres missed like four. You know, he <laughs> always missing opportunities, and so that's what I would say to to Spain. Like you got to go for the kill. You got to go score. You know, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see them play Japan. We'll see what happens. All right, we only got like four more minutes left. So let me ask you a question. Luna. Let go. me ask you a question about the games because group the uh, round two isn't done yet. We still have tomorrow's games right there's four of them i want to ask you about one portugal and uruguay do you think there's oh a chance that goodness. uruguay can win that game oh my goodness that's gonna be such a great match i think i'm gonna be at work unfortunately not same yeah. have time to watch it but i i don't know and that's why i love this world cup so much because i look at these teams and i'm like it could go either way but my heart's telling me that portugal is gonna win it Simply because Uruguay, man, they have such an incredible group of players, but they just don't connect. Darwin Nunez is playing like as if you play for the smallest team in Europe. Like he's I think he's not, the most overrated player in soccer. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's just not a killer. Maybe because he's Uruguayan, everyone wants to make believe that he's a killer in, in the area, but he's just simply not as great. And then the only thing that I like about Uruguay right now is 
maybe you know the Madrid player. What's his name? The midfielder, um, Valverde. Maybe he's the only oh, one I yeah. like about. Well, Bentancur, Bentancur for the Spurs as well. Bentancur but no, too. Yeah, Valverde. I didn't even realize he was Uruguayan, but yeah, no, that is his team for sure. I will say, I I would love a Cavani, you know, something special for old times' sake, right. but. Really, if that team is going to do anything, it has to be Valverde. I don't know, man. I mean, Portugal is, they're deep, you know, so it, that, yep. that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Well, it's it's been a great World Cup. You know, we're, it, we're right in the thick of it. You know, we're back. Sorry, everyone, we took a little hiatus. But no, I mean, things are good right now. We're soccer rich. Like, that's the crazy thing. Oh, yeah. This week, there's so many games, and I'm not going to be able to... <laughs> I mean, last week, the fact that I was able to watch what I could was already, you know, doing doing very stealthy, sneaky things to have it on the phone. But I don't think it's good. Unfortunately, I, there's a lot we're going to miss this week because there's so I told much my, good stuff. <laughs> I told my wife earlier today, oh, the games today don't really matter to me. It's whatever. And yet I watch every single one of them. <laughs> same. No, Even the, same. I didn't think I would care much for the Croatia game, but um, I just you know, I think every game has been such of entertainment game. And so I'm really excited to get to talk to you more. Hopefully we'll get on. Well, we'll definitely get on again and make another episode. But I really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens, Jake. I'm really excited. Yeah, next time we'll be on, the U.S. will have played Iran because it's definitely going to be next week. So I just hope that the next time we come on, we can be talking about what U.S.'s next challenge is because that would be awesome if they could advance out of the group stage. Yeah, let's hope that the U.S. makes it. Let's hope that Argentina makes it, just for the sake of Messi. And if, you're, if your country has that advance, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm really sorry. And I hope you find a team that you really like, that you can support. But it's been great talking to you, Jake. And uh, I hope to see, to see you guys here for the next episode. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. See you guys next time.